Hello everybody and welcome to the first of our two special episodes of Voices from the Northeast. Right, so for this first special episode of the Voices from the Northeast podcast, I'm going to be talking to Neil and Eleanor King, and we're going to talk about the Ashington Pantomime Society. Now, this is the pantomime group that has been putting on a pantomime every Christmas time for several decades now and to those of you out there who've been to the shows um, you know that it's the kickstart at Christmas it's usually in the midst to end of November and everyone always sees it as the run-in to the Christmas period now sadly we didn't get to have a pantomime this year um, due to Covid um, it's kind of when we needed it the most but never mind we will come back to those shows just as soon as we can Neil and Elna are going to talk to us uh, in this episode all about how the shows got started. They're going to talk about how they got started with their involvement. They're going to tell us a little bit about some of the characters behind the stage, let alone the ones you've seen on stage. And I'm going to share with them exactly what it means to their community that they give up hours and hours of their time to put this show on for everybody. Right, well, are you ready, everybody? I can't hear you. What do you mean, no, you're not? Oh, yes, you are. Right. <clears throat> Good evening, viewers. <laughs> Just here. Good evening, <laughs> viewers. Now, um, my, uh, my life as a thespian in Panto started in 1988. I was a sergeant working at Ashington Police Station. And in those days, if the police club, where we used to have a pint, wasn't open, we used to nip across the road to the St. Aidan's Catholic Centre. One Christmas, apparently, the committee who'd been having a drink in the bar decided it would be great fun to put on a panto for the... Um, the members of the church. However, when they got their act together, they discovered they were short of actors. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> and I think probably judging from the way the panda has gone on, we're still probably short of actors. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, we've got a few short actors. Well, we have. And we've got short actors who tend to make larger parts for themselves, but we'll not go into that point. I don't know what you're on about, mate. I don't know what you're on about. <laughs> So anyway, I was across having a drink in the bar with the lads, and they said, we're short of somebody, would you would you be interested in taking part? So, long story short, I ended up being an ugly sister in Clinkerella. They called it Clinkerella because in them days, everybody had open fires, or coke fires, and the residue from the coal mainly bits of stone or whatever, was called clinker. Oh. So of course, yeah. So, of course, in Cinderella, Cinderella is in the kitchen, and she has to clean up the cinders. Well, because in Ashton you cleaned up the clinker, they decided the first panto would be called clinkerella. <laughs> like it. I like that. Didn't know that as well. Nope. Didn't know. 
Yeah, well, clinker. Now, I remember when I turned up for the first rehearsal, Buttons, or as he was known in Clinkerella, Zips, <laughs> was played. I just couldn't believe it. It was He was played by Larry Haggerty, who at the time was 72. <laughs> a spry 72, surely. Not so spry, actually. But I thought, Buttons, the young... (laughs) (laughs) Buttons at 72. (laughs) The young hero (laughs) is 72. And I thought, he's got to be the oldest Zips or Buttons ever in a pantomime. (laughs) However, I did. I joined joined the troupe (laughs) and and we put on Clinkerella. Uh, I remember I was an ugly sister with Jimmy Slowey. Now, his daughter, Heather, is still in Wapanta Group now, although, unfortunately, Jimmy and his wife died. Um, I remember one of, the, um, one of the lady actresses, um, Mrs. Drysdale, could never remember any of her words. <laughs> she just had walk-on parts. So I said, right, what we'll do is, if you carry a basket on with you, we can put your words in the basket. And you can just look at your basket and then just say your words. However, what Isabel didn't realise was that I changed the words every night. <laughs> <laughs> and the words had absolutely nothing to do with what was going on on the stage at the time. However, Isabel just looked at the words and said them. Oh, bless. <laughs> and for the duration of the panto, she never actually realised that every night she was saying different <laughs> words that meant nothing <laughs> in the panto. <laughs> oh, that's a cracking gag, though. I'm not going to lie. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so when... A couple of years, and then we lost our um, writer, director. So the panda would have probably folded after a couple of years. However, the this fabulous um, writer came along. <clears throat> oh yes, this young playwright is that? That's, this, yeah. this young playwright mm. came along, and and I started writing the um, the pandas. So do you know what years that would have been? What? That would probably be about ninety ninety one. Wow. Good years, the nineties, Neil. Good years. Well, I have to say, in not blowing my own trumpet. <laughs> However, I have to say, my my writing has improved. And I was going to say, goodness, how bad was it in the beginning? <laughs> It was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. However, we did get away with it at the Catholic Centre because there's amateur and amateur, and we must have been the most amateur of amateur people. However, we always had full houses, and I suspect probably the fact that you just had to go through the door at the side of the uh, concert room into the bar, that may have contributed <laughs> to the uh, to, to the certainly to the audience participation. 
<laughs> but in those days, the the uh, the concert room didn't have a stage. So oh. the only way we could, the only way we could get a stage was we used to take all the tables that were in the hall and tie them together. Oh then, my goodness! Yeah, and then put hardboard on top of the tables. Ooh. And then, and then put gaffer tape on top of the joints. Wow, that I mean, that is even more than a blue Peter job. That health oh. and safety would love you. Oh, it was. And then we had um, we had bits of scaffold up the sides, which held the curtains in place. Wow. And, and the same at the back where we had our uh, scenery. Uh, for quite a few years, um, my dad actually painted some of the scenery, um, as well as when we went to our next venue, my dad used to paint some of the scenery there as well. Um, it was very Heath Robinson, I have to say. Very Heath Robinson. There was one, uh, one year, and I can't remember what Panto were doing, um, just you're getting on about health and safety. Mm. The the front of the stage, we had uh, red. What do you call it, dear? That red uh, velvet curtain. Red, no, the front of the stage was paper, wasn't it? It was red. Oh, crepe paper. Red crepe paper to hide the table legs. Oh right. And we had a we had a flash for when the fairies to come in or the bad guy in the flash. The flash went off and set fire. To the crib paper. So of course, oh my God. <laughs> I think it, was it was, it was at the next meeting when we decided perhaps it would be better if we had fire extinguishers near near the stage. <laughs> <laughs> and oh wow! I remember the special effects we had. We used to drop polystyrene on the uh, on the audience. So we had boxes in the ceiling, up, hanging from the ceiling. We had boxes of polystyrene. Oh, wow. And, and when the flash went off or the bang or something, oh was, something was supposed to collapse on the stage, the, uh, the, backs, the backstage guys used to let go of the nylon and the polystyrene would fall out of the boxes onto the heads of the audience, <laughs> which always got a cracking reaction. I'm so, sure. So during the day, we went to reset the special effects. And it must have been from the from the floor to the boxes, must have been about 15 feet. Mm. And we had a ladder. We didn't have any scaffolding there, we had a ladder. So what used to happen was I used to take the polystyrene in a black plastic bag. Somebody used to hold the ladder at the bottom. <laughs> So, so we had a freestanding ladder with a couple of people Dear God, man. holding on to the bottom of the ladder, and I used to climb up about fifteen feet and put the uh, polystyrene back in the boxes. <laughs> yeah, Clover, then. so there you go. Health and safety was sort of on the back burner in the yeah, years. just yeah, just don't mention it. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. So that was that was the first. That's how we started off. Um, I have to say, what, I, I, excuse me. What, spiders as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Thank you, my dear, for reminding me about the spiders. Yeah. 
<laughs> I like that you, in true pantomime style, you've brought the prompt. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, we, had, uh, we used to drop spiders on people as well. Uh, and I remember one one year, I think it was actually at the YMCA when we dropped a spider. I'd made this great big spider out of, it was another Blue Peter moment. I made this uh, spider out of uh, coat, hangers. coat hangers, metal coat oh hangers. Goodness. They were the legs <clears throat> covered in uh-huh. uh, covered in fur. Mm-hmm. Now, in total, I think the spider was probably about two to three feet wide. And what I used to hang that in the roof and then drop it on the audience. And I remember one, one night, thank goodness he was my mate, because we dropped a spider on him. And unfortunately, one of the, <laughs> the ends of the coat hangers hit him on the top of the head and caused the. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, the scar. The scar that's left him hasn't really detracted from me. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got a wonderful story to go with it well, now. Yeah, he has, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? I, rem- I remember that show because I remember we- my mum swapped the spider for some um, like soft plush one that we had with spongy legs. I can remember her carrying it into the YM and me saying, why have you got that? And she says, I- I'll tell you later, I'll tell you later. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's that's the reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pardon, darling. Excuse me. Uh, I'm turning. Yeah, I'm yeah. turning to the prompt. What's that? Yeah, part you used to play, other than the. Oh yes, me part. I I played various. Tell us about your parts, I Neil. Various parts. <laughs> However, the, I, I've always played the part of the dame. Now, you play it well. You play now, it so well. No, I don't want your your listeners for a second to think that I like getting dressed up in dresses. I don't. I only do it on weekends and Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> yes. uh, I've, all, I've always played the part of the dame for some reason. Um, I've never found I had the ability to play the um, romantic lead. Um, (laughs) I suspect one of those reasons is that I tend to take things not too seriously. And when I look into people's eyes, I normally burst out laughing. You do have that effect, Neil. You do. Yeah, Yeah. that that happened once, actually. Not in Panto, but uh, with the Ashinokratic Society. and I was Luther Billis in South Pacific. And in the story of South Pacific, uh, as Luther Billis, he was, the, he was the, the wise guy who wanted to, uh, to go off to Bali High to get the uh, boar's tooth bracelet. So he tries to convince <laughs> Lieutenant Cable to get a boat so that they can go across to Bali High. Now, I remember I was playing opposite Barry Strawn who was Lieutenant Cable. Oh, dear, that's asking for trouble. And I had to look Barry in the eye and say, Lieutenant, Bali High is calling. And we just couldn't do it, because every time I looked in the (laughs) eye and started singing, he just burst laughing. (laughs) So in the end, when we actually came to the show, and I had to do that bit, he just looked away. He says, I'm going to look across at the island. He says, I'm not, look- I'm not looking at you. 
<laughs> you didn't look at him either. And I didn't look at him either, though. <laughs> Otherwise, I was never getting through the, through the show. But I digress as usual. Now, St. Aidan's Catholic Centre, they closed down. Oh, right. Yeah, so we had to move to the YMCA. It's fun to go to the YMCA. And I know for a fact you're doing the movements. I can just tell we were, you. We were. Yeah. Being the prompt. What a pair. <laughs> and we um, we went there for, for some years. It was a, a lovely little um, room they had, a lovely venue. But then somebody from the YMCA, in their wisdom, decided they were going to use the stage for um, storage. So we lost, we lost ah, the YMCA okay. venue in what they did. So how how long were you with the YM? Well, we must have been there, at, oh, probably about. Six years. Well, well, quite a few. We, years. Were, we were there quite a few years, and of course, the YMCA had their own um, group of um, thespians. Of thespians, they used to put put on a lot of plays. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, they were mainly like farces or uh, thrillers or so, you know something like that. All right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I played a clairvoyant mm. for them one year. Um, that was my only sort of role in which I was not funny. Although, mm. although I did manage to get a titter out of the audience uh, when I, I was I had to walk down some stairs. It was my first entrance onto the stage. I was a psychic, and I had to walk down the stairs and go. Mm. But of course, I went the. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> And of course, hey. Paul, I was sitting in the audience watching this. And of course, you weren't supposed to be laughing because it wasn't a funny, funny play. <laughs> so, of course, I was sitting with two friends. I started laughing, so I had my hand over my mouth so people couldn't hear us laughing. And in the, in the uh, interval, this lady came down... Uh, towards where I was sitting and she says, E, are you all right? I said, yes, I'm fine. She says, E, I thought you, we thought you were having a bad turn. Because <laughs> 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 I was trying to stop laughing. <laughs> oh, dear me. At, at the YM, I did a couple of, uh, I did a couple of shows and I was backstage. And I suppose this is where the panto thing comes in that they had and I've no idea why but they had this large rubber shark it was about six foot long and about two foot wide and it it, it was it just looked like a shark like a reef shark not a great white a reef shark right okay and I don't know what play they were doing but for some bizarre reason, I felt the need. I had the I had the brown coat on, you know, when I was backstage, I had the brown coat on. And I, I just mm -hmm. felt the need to walk across the back of the stage, ca carrying oh. on my shoulder this six-foot reef shark. 
during the show. During the show. The show. It, oh my goodness. It got a heck of a laugh. <laughs> but, but the, obviously, the, the actors on stage were facing the audience and had absolutely no idea what was happening. So I just, <laughs> I just couldn't help myself. And this, the next the next player that I was helping backstage, one of the guys on stage, it was one of those, is this a dagger I see before me? And he'd have to throw, throw the dagger off stage. <clears throat> well, and I had to catch it, save it rattling about the place. Well, this particular night, I caught the dagger by the blade, and it was about chest height to me. Well, I just couldn't, I just couldn't help. You know what's coming, don't you? I just couldn't help myself. I just couldn't. So I took a step on stage, holding the dagger against my chest. <laughs> I looked at the audience, I looked at the dagger, and I staggered back off stage. Yes. <laughs> Did they invite you yes. back? <laughs> oh my goodness! Did they invite you back? Oh, actually, they did. Gluttons for punishment. Then it may seem they just said, "Please, yeah. please, Neil, it's supposed to be serious." I says, "I know. I just, I couldn't help myself. It was just the way I caught the knife." I think actually, Paul, I'm probably other than with your dad. Who, who, as you know, directs what pantomimes now and does it exceptionally well. I hope you're listening to this mm. podcast, George. Um, <laughs> I was probably a, a bit of a director's nightmare because, again, we did uh, with the astronaut products, we did the sound of music. And they put me down as the butler for the Von Trapp family. Now, not a big part. However, the butler in the sound of music, is in and out like a fiddler's elbow. He's got to fetch in the coffee things, he's got to fetch in the telephone, he's got to do this, he's got to do that. It was one of the hardest parts because I had to be constantly on me, on me toes to make sure I brought in the coffee pot and not the telephone, or the telephone, not the coffee pot. So it was a really challenging part. But before we start, I said to the director, Mavis, I says, Mavis, can I wear a little moustache? She says, no, you can't wear a moustache. I says, well, but it'll make us look more Austrian, like you know who. She says, no, dear, you can't wear a moustache. I says, can I have my hair parted sort of slightly to one side? No, she says, you can't have your hair parted slightly to one side. I says, well, can I speak with a German accent? She says, no, you can't speak with a German accent. So she said, just come on and fetch the coffee pot on or the telephone or whatever you're supposed to do. So I thought, right. So I didn't speak with a German accent. I did sort of slick my hair down a little bit. But I did, what I did was I just drew on a little moustache. And every time, every time I went off, I made the moustache a bit bigger. <laughs> and throughout, throughout the thing, the moustache grew and grew and grew. And not a lot of not a lot of people, I think, realise. However, the band certainly did. <laughs> and by the end, by the end of the sound of music, the band were in hysterics because every time I walked on, I had this bigger moustache. So- I got wrong for that. So was the prompt. I got wrong for that. 
and the prompt was, the prompt was in, in stitches. Oh that, oh, that was you, wasn't it? It yeah. was, yeah. Yes, it was. <laughs> and that's been a prompt for years. Not, and I'll, I'll let yeah. you explain that. Not an easy part, let me tell you. No, it doesn't. No. So anyway, I'm digressing again, aren't I? I tend to. Yes, we we've left we've left the YMCA and we were now we're moving to the high school on Green Lane. Yeah. Now, it was I mean from the YMCA from the Catholic Center, the stage at the high school seemed to us immense. However, it was a very was, good stage. Was, however, it, it meant I didn't have to climb up the ladder held by the two guys at the bottom. <laughs> because we put the special effects on the stage. And of course, by this time, we had the um, help of a fabulous, fabulous lighting and um, sound engineer by the name of Graham Wright. I don't know if you know him. I've met him yeah. a couple of times. He's, he's, he's pretty good at all that stuff. He's pretty good superb. At it. He's a chief fire, chief fire officer now. Uh, or, or he certainly will be shortly. <laughs> Yeah. Soon will be, and I, yeah, I mean, I mean, he was always his fee was pretty good. I mean, what was it like, twelve cans yeah, or something? Twelve, 12 uh, cans of Guinness, and he was anybody. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it was definitely a step up for the show. Oh, moving the high school, and the special effects we we had a little bit more money, so we invested in snow machines, uh, better flashes. It was, it really was very, very good. Um. We put on some really good, good pantomimes there, uh, and we filled. I think it was two hundred and sixty. I think the school hall held, and mm. and we yeah. we filled the school hall every performance just about. Um, thoroughly enjoyed it there. The school, I have to say, were very uh, very pleasant and very helpful. Enjoyed our time there, but then and of course. In... Oh, go on, dear. You, you, put, uh, you put in your the prompt. Well, and Cinderella, we managed to get a little pony, didn't what? we? Oh, I forgot about that. Of course, we did. Yeah. But of course, I got poo hooed with that idea at first. I says, "We'll get a real pony to bring on Cinderella's coach." You cannot, you cannot have a pony. You cannot get a real pony on the stage. I'm saying we must be able to get a pony on the stage. As it happens, one of the women who worked at the high school had a little pony. She, she did, she, said, she did, yes. She reduced it. She says, this is my little pony. Anyway, so... Used to go into the old people's home. Yeah, she used to... Lisa was her name. And she mm -hmm, used to take mm -hmm. this pony... It was a pet and pony. She used to take a, a little Shetland pony into old people's homes and let the old people pat it. So it was well trained. So, well, that's what she said. She says it's very well trained. She says that I always get it to do its jobby outside. And then when it goes into the old people's home, it goes in the lift and it goes up the lift. And oh, and the, and the old people love it and they pet it. And then I bring it outside and put it on the grass and it does its business again. She says it'll be no trouble. <clears throat> so we built a ramp up onto the stage 
and we had the little pony up on the stage in the wings attached to Cinderella's coach, and it was great. And, if, and there were, yes, it's right, I'll ask the prompt. That was the year the, um, the school put a new, uh, a new carpet down, wasn't it? It was, yeah. yeah. they just put a new carpet on the stage. <laughs> it was. So yep, on one yep. the horse, or the pony rather, it just before the interval, so it pulls the coach on beautifully. We gave Lisa a, a costume. She was the coachman. So she led the little pony on with Cinderella in the coach. What a fabulous Effect. moment in Panto it was. It did oh, admit for some great photos. were in raptures. And the audience thought it was even funnier, of course, when the pony pooed on the stage. <laughs> and the pony, and, I do and the pony continued to poo on the stage every night. <laughs> so, I mean, it was clearly stage fright. Yeah. Um, clearly, you know, <laughs> quite a serious case of it. Was Eventually, we had to give a daughter a costume, and she came on with a bucket to try and catch it. And if she didn't, <laughs> she was a judge of sweeping it up. Before, it up, before I remember. the second half started. <laughs> oh, uh, now, dear me, we stayed there till oh, probably uh, three, four time. years ago. Probably. Maybe even more. Maybe four or five um, years ago. Um, and yeah, about then I think the maybe. YMCA with advice from uh, from Graham decided they would reinstate the stage and make the um, the the hall into a little, well, what looks like a little theatre. And I have to say, they made a lovely job of it. They did. So yeah, it we wonderful. decided that because the high school was going to become an academy, we weren't quite sure what our reception would be or whether we would be able to put on the panto, but we knew that the YMCA mm. certainly wanted we back. So we returned to the YMCA where we've been ever since. And unfortunately, we had to cancel last year because of COVID and possibly this year. Um, which is a shame. However, I'm sure all our um, audience will be just all the more eager to see the performance next year, which I've written and is actually Cinderella. Uh -huh. So almost full yeah. circle, which is kind yeah. of cool for now, coming I'm back. I'm going to hand you one of the prompts, if you don't mind, just to tell you one of her one Go for it. little anecdotes. As the prompt. Over to you, prompt. Yeah, thank you, Neil. Well, I'm behind I, you, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look behind <laughs> you. Of course, nowadays, everything's two meters behind you. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, I always play the bad guy, so I'm always the wicked queen or the. Um, hook, you've been hook. Hook, I've been hook as well. Yes, you have. So, 
You've been well, typecast out. I thoroughly out. enjoy the bad guy uh, parts, I must admit. But one year, I don't know where, <laughs> was it at the YM? We, or the, I think it was at the YM. Was it? No, the it high school. It was at the high, high school, school, darling. Yes, I played Michael out of Peter Pan. I must have been the Ooh. oldest little boy. <laughs> but I thoroughly enjoyed playing it. And I had a, a one-piece blue baby grow on. Um, <laughs> um, which had the, the flap at the back. So if you needed the toilet, the flap, you know, thingy. But that wasn't used, of course. Too much information, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as oh, long as it was kept up well, during the show, we're fine. We were safety pins because the, <laughs> the buttons weren't that good on it. <laughs> um, but I, I think I had the audience quivering when I was tied to the uh, the ship's mast when Hook captured us. And, of course, I started crying and my little lips was quivering. And I think the, the audience mm. were really behind us all the way there. Oh, no, they weren't. Oh, yes, they were. Oh, yes, they were. Oh, yes, yes they were. <laughs> they, were they, they made a big cheer when I was uh, rescued by Wendy and Peter Pan and things. Um, <laughs> the other one at the high school, I was playing the Wicked Queen in Snow White. And, of course, a yeah. role you play and very course, well. Magic powers of the Queen and Snow White. <laughs> and I, I was I'm laughing for because I know what's coming. Next. I was busy I was busy in the throes <laughs> of doing a magic spell and things and talk uh, talking to my mirror when all of a sudden every single light went out in the school. So, of course, I thought, first off, it was the the sound and lighting having a bit of a joke. And, of course, I was, I was, Not uh, that they I ever was did looking that. at them and Graham was shaking his head and said, it's not me. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> was that the year of the, the full-on power cut that, that cut the whole town out? That was the power cut at the top end of Ashen. So, of course, yeah, I was yeah, standing yeah. on the stage thinking, well, what have I do next? And, of course, I just piped up, you see how much power us evil people have, the Queen, <laughs> and total. <laughs> and then, of course, unfortunately, that um, night has had to get cancelled because we couldn't get the lights back on. But they all came back on the Saturday so we had two matinees on the Saturday and the evening performance, yeah. uh, but the most of them returned back to uh, see the show, and it went off swimmingly well after that. It did. I remember that we we had the because the big screen came down from the ceiling onto the middle of the stage That's to right. act as the magic yes. mirror because we had the projector running it. Yeah. And of course, when the when the power cut out, the screen was cut down at floor level, so it, we couldn't even move the screen no, out of the way and carry no. on with you know lights or anything. It, it, was, a, it, was, it, was, yeah. it was funny in one Gosh. sense, but sad in the other. That the, the 
had to go home. But it was, you know, yeah. these things happen. But uh, yes, we've had some uh, excellent tight shows. Um, I mean, I did start off helping when when they were at the Catholic Centre. I was one of them that fastened the table legs and things like that because I wasn't on the stage at the beginning. Um, and then I sold tickets um, once we went to the YM. I took over the ticket sales. Um, yeah, and we're moving the tickets to um, sort of online sales, I think, oh, uh, yes, for future yes. ones now, aren't we? we turned back to the uh, YM, mm. it, well, that was brilliant. So, I mean, but Neil and I used to see quite a bit of Ashington and various other areas because we used to hand hand deliver the, the, the tickets in them days so that you would just went to the door, got the money, and, and that was it. So that was fine. So we saw quite a lot of places we didn't even know existed, really. <laughs> <laughs> so do both of you have, I've got a couple of questions then for what to finish up with. Do you both have a favourite show, either a favourite story that you like doing or a favourite show that you remember performing? <sighs> Oh dear! Over to you, Neil. While I'm thinking. Well, thank you. <laughs> I, I liked um, I liked the part when I played the part of the um, the nurse, and I, I'm sure it's um, Jack and the Beanstalk. And it I was. I think it is. In the time when to give somebody um, the kiss of life. And CPR, you did it to the Bee Gees, to the to the song by the <laughs> Bee Gees, uh, "Staying Alive." And yeah, in particular Jack and the Beanstalk. I remember Jack, very quite a, a voluptuous um, young lady, collapsed, and of course the nurse had to come on and give it. Insist everybody, clear the way, clear the way. The nurse is here. I shall revive Jack. And the idea was I was supposed to give Jack CPR. Now, Jack lay, lay unconscious on the ground. And just, just before <laughs> I was supposed to apply, <laughs> apply me hands. <laughs> Somebody was supposed to run out and say, stop. <laughs> well, I was, <laughs> the music started <laughs> and I was getting closer and closer to this very voluptuous young lady. And and I'm looking in the wings, <laughs> waiting, waiting <laughs> for, for whoever it was to come on and shout, stop. But they were just standing in the wings and everybody was laughing to see how close I could get. That was that was quite a moment. And of course, Nicola, the, the young lady I, I refer to, she was looking at us with her head away from the audience with her eyes open, saying, Don't you dare <laughs> <laughs> And of course yeah, so yes, course, that was Jack and the Beanstalk. I, I remember Jack and the Beanstalk. Yeah. A, a bosom 
went, <laughs> went up and down. So although the audience couldn't see her laughing, they could see her bosom going up and down. I kept saying, hey, you're supposed to be unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> but I suppose that's why you call it pantomime. Indeed, indeed. And Eleanor, oh, have you thought of a favourite show? Um, it had to be when you were Michael in the, in the yes, one piece baby grown. I grow think so. Michael, Michael and, the, and the baby grown Peter Pan. Yeah. Um, it was because uh, I, I talked like a baby as well, like that. You know? <laughs> oh, so yes, you got to do yes, a full blown character. But I don't like paying good. Oh, that, that's the only good person I ever did. There's, there's one in Aladdin that I was, um, I was not particularly good, but I had to be a dancer of the harem. Yes. And we had big padded uh, costumes and it looked like, well, uh, uh, you know, a veil and things like that. Yes, I I remember. I remember who I did it with, but we had to do an exotic um, romance. It's no good moving your hands like that, dog. (laughs) (laughs) This is radio, dear. Romantic (laughs) dance on the the thing. (laughs) Which were, I really put a hundred percent into. You did, you did. So that was another good <laughs> thing. And of course, the, this big costume was wobbling about. So I was a proper belly dancer. <laughs> and yeah. I think that, one of the best fantastic. props we ever did, just to finish off, Paul. One of the best props we ever did was mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. bow of the Titanic. <laughs> yeah. It took oh, I remember to it well. This, I think it was about eight feet tall, and we had the um, the leading lady and the leading man standing on the front of the bow as it glided gracefully between the front curtains, near far wherever you are. And it glided through the centre of the curtains with the two actors <laughs> right at the top. There must have been there must have been the heads must have been about twelve feet off the ground at least. And <laughs> and a lettuce <laughs> it was a wonderful prop came down from the ceiling. And one of them said to the other one <laughs> Look out. And the other one says, Why? What is it? And it says, it's an iceberg. <laughs> it's an iceberg. <laughs> it, took, it took nearly oh a fortnight to build oh. the front of his ship. It took about six people to push it gracefully between the curtains for that five-second gag. <laughs> people, people thought I was crackers. Dear I was I'll, I'll, I'll leave, I'll leave I'll your, be, uh, well, I'll leave your yes, listeners I... to uh... <laughs> ascertain whether they're yeah. great. <laughs> I, I hope everyone's enjoyed listening to that. That was just lovely to sit down and talk with Neil and Eleanor like that and let them tell us so much, you know, the from from the start of the pantomime up to moving to the YMCA, to moving to the high school and then back again to the YMCA where they are now. I have had some involvement in that show. Um, most of my family are involved in some way. 
but it really is an absolute community effort and I cannot thank Neil and Elner enough and I doubt any of us that have ever seen the shows or taken kids to the show or taken your friends and your family to the show and come out of it absolutely laughing and and howling at at how funny some of those gags are um, and, and experience that kicking off of Christmas you know and I love that you know now um, listening to people when they say that, that actually it is. It's the kickoff of Christmas. It happens towards the end of November, um, and it's all people in the town that are involved, and it really signals the, right, let's start getting ourselves into the Christmas spirit now for so many people. It's just wonderful, and it was greatly missed this uh, year gone by as a result of COVID. Now, we don't know yet if it will be back this November coming 2021. So put a pin in November 2022 for certain and we'll just cross our fingers for anything else special in between. But uh, from me to them too, it's a massive thanks. And uh, to you, the listeners, thank you for listening. We'll be back next Friday with another special episode, hopefully all about the Boys Brigade. So if you've got any memories from that that you want to share, uh, get in touch and uh, share those with me when I put some posts up on Facebook in the North Seton and the Ashton Remembered groups. Until then, stay safe and well, everybody, and I'll speak to you soon.